This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is with the first pick the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 102. That is Rick Spielman. I'm Ryan Wilson. Happy holidays, Rick. Got my trees up. You have a what looks like a, a what kind of <laughs> cactus in the background. What do you got there? <laughs> We can't put our holiday decorations up yet because, unfortunately, uh, after the storm down here, we have a termite problem. So our house is getting tended next week for three days with poisonous gas. So So if I'm sure my wife will wake me up before they start tenting the house and lock me in. (laughs) I'll call you just in case. Yeah, if, if, if I can get just a double check that I got out of the house in time. Because I'm actually uh, laying on my back with uh, all my legs and arms up like this, like the rest of the termites in the house, if if I uh, irritate her any more than I am currently doing right now. Yeah, we don't want you doing a a podcast from that seat while the house is tented like in Breaking Bad while you're wearing a hazmat suit. So let's make sure we we double check on Rick. (laughs) I like that prayer. <laughs> uh, Rick is a little giddy because he's been traveling all over the country. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. But uh, today, Rick, we're doing something that should be a little easy. Doesn't require hey, a lot Nemo, of. Can I wear a hazmat suit or no? <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, please. I think Debo's in cahoots with my wife. <laughs> yeah, he, he's. He, I think he uh, he doesn't hide his emotions well when 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 we irritate him. I get it. But today, Rick, should be a little easier for you because we're talking conference championship weekend, specifically the Power Five schools, and some of the players we'll have our eye on as the college football season winds down. I can't believe we have one more week, Army-Navy next week, then the bowl games start up, and that's a wrap. Um, But first, in case you missed it, on Tuesday, you and I did our probably our penultimate next to last pop or drop. We looked at old J.J. McCarthy in Michigan and... Drake May at UNC, Washington State's Cam Ward, as well as some other non-quarterbacks will be in the first-round conversation. And as always, we look to the rookie quarterbacks and how they did around the NFL, what's next for the Panthers now that Frank Reich's been fired. And as we usually do, we ranked our top five rookie performances from Week 13. But before we go any further, Rick, if you're watching on the old YouTubes at NFL and CBS, you can see on the official with the first big draft countdown board what we got left. Well, we have 146 days left until the 2024 NFL draft. And I don't know, this is 102 episodes now. But just to clarify, because we got into this a little bit on the last podcast, Mm. is that you and Debo have the rankings of the rookies. You don't ask my opinion. Right. Which I'm uh, apparently that's why I'm just a supporting actor in the show. So then we do try to adjust. You thank God while we're on the air, 
that you do ask my opinion on. How would you rank them, Rick? But I think yeah. it was a little sarcastic because I thought about this while I was traveling this week. Oh, yeah? What'd you, what'd you figure the sarcasm out? sarcasm that came out of your voice is like, okay, how would you rank them, Rick? Like, you really didn't care how I saw them. You just were trying to appease me. That's how I saw that. That's how it played out in my head. And you and Debo were just trying to appease me because Debo threw in Jalen Carter, who did not mu- didn't do much that game except who you him. hate more than Puka Spielman. <laughs> Puka Spielman. <laughs> uh, so I just had to get that off my chest. Okay, I get it. About that a lot, and so your your sarcasm and Debo sarcasm on your side meetings when you're having coup meetings without me in there. Coup meetings. Debo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my staff used to have coup meetings all the time. <laughs> I would walk in and bring all the scouts and what are you guys doing? Uh, another cool meeting. Okay. <laughs> well, I think Debo pointed out last show that he was trying to take some things off your plate because you are not one to be quiet about the anger with which uh, the homework you're given, how, how that frustrates and angers. I don't the homework because the homework is good for us because how much more prepared for the draft coverage will we be this year compared to last year? All right. Well, here, here I'm going to say this is what I get. I don't want to say angry because I don't get angry. <laughs> is that when the directions on the homework are not clear cut, that's where it becomes a little gray area. Uh huh. And I'm used to black or white. Is. This is what we're doing. All right. Well, I will make sure that next week's popper drop or the ranking the quarterbacks that you are asked to rank them as part of the homework assignment. So I'm you're not, not doing that. It's not my contract. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> All right. By the way, uh, last week, Rick, we did the old uh, redraft of the 2023 class, top 14 picks, top half of the class there. So our NFL draft editor, editor Kyle Stackpole, asked me to turn that into uh, something for the website. So I did all 31 picks. And if we have a little time after after we get done going through the conference championship games, I'll unveil those 31 picks to get your reaction in real time because you haven't seen them. No, no, because again, another coup on the side where I had to write it for the website. Why you didn't want to be involved with that? You don't write on the website, and you said you refused to do mock drafts. So I didn't even bother you with it. One other entity, they asked me to write an article once a week. It, I might as well. I'd rather have my toenails pulled out, hanging upside down, uh, than than do that. I'd give you credit for sitting there and being able to write articles, because that is a uh, tough task. And I even use that. What is that? Uh, AI. AI. Typewriter. Whatever. <laughs> An AI typewriter. Rick uses the AI typewriter. Yeah. yeah, I just use a thing. I start talking, hey, AI this thing, will you? So oh, I did. I sent two different art. I sent how I wrote the article. And then I actually plugged that article into this. What is it called? AI, whatever, number seven. Devo, you know is what? Chat GPT? Chat GPT. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it came out and it sounded like very flowery, I guess would be the best way. Yeah. To so it improved it? it? No, they looked at it and said, this isn't you. <laughs> they said, never oh, do wow. this again. <laughs> we'll just take what the, the crap that you give us and we'll, we'll make chicken salad out of chicken uh, crap that you send. That's interesting. They had a plagiarism detector and they caught you. It wasn't. I sent them both articles. I said, this is the one with that uh, chat fit thing. And GPT. this is the one my thing <laughs> <laughs> there's rick using the computer for the first time if you're watching on the youtubes uh i will say this and then we'll get going here i when i started at cbs back in 2011 sweet mercy it was a long time ago i solely wrote and as i've transitioned more to less writing i 
do writing is incredibly difficult and it's time consuming. So I agree with you on that. I, a lot of work goes under the podcast, obviously, and keeping you happy. But uh, I, I prefer this over riding any day of the week because it, it is time consuming. But anyway, wait till the end. We'll get through these things. And, and if you're if you behave, Rick, and we have time, we'll we'll go over those those top 31 picks to get your reaction, because I can't imagine you won't love every single one of them. No, I, I well, 145, 40. Yeah, 46 days. I'll love every single one of them. I promise you that. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Um. Oh, yeah. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to nominate an FBS or FCS college player who is draft eligible, and we'll evaluate his prospects in an upcoming show. we got some names to get through, so we'll do that soon. And finally, if you like what we do here, be sure to tell a friend. If you got one of your buddies whose team stinks and they're already thinking about the 2024 NFL draft, this is the show for them. And then hit the old thumbs up on the YouTubes to spread the word about the podcast. All right, Rick. We're recording this on uh, Friday around noontime, so – It'll be dated in the sense that the games might already have happened when you listen, but there's still the players to evaluate, and that won't change um, both in the the games this weekend and going forward over the next few months. So we'll consider it in that light. Oregon and Washington, Pac-12 championship Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern. The first matchup, Washington won uh, late. Michael Penix had a fantastic game. Bo Nix played pretty well. Uh, Those wide receivers for Washington balled out, as they often do. Jalen McClellan was injured in that game, I believe. I'm not sure what his injury status is now, but you're interested in seeing how Bo Nix avails himself. And I mentioned Bo Nix's teammate in the backfield. Bucky Irvin is the guy I'm going to keep my eye on. There are a ton of dudes in this game, but these are the two guys we identified. What do you need to see from Bo Nix? First question, because I know I like Bo Nix more than you. Is Bo Nix a day two guy for you? Yes. Okay. Okay, good. So what do you need to see for him to perhaps move move up higher in the day two? Yeah, I guess... Uh, why I picked Bo Nix is because I remember what I saw in the first game against the Huskers and or the Huskies, uh, Huskers or Nebraska. Um, but he played well in that game. Uh, I think it was 33 of 44 for 337 yards and two touchdowns. But the one thing I thought he missed some layup throws and he missed some situations in critical part of the game that probably could have won the game for him that didn't. I went back and looked on third and three, uh, right before the, the half, I believe he missed a layup throw to a running back. Uh, and fourth and three, it was an incompletion. So there were some critical points in the game where I thought he could have executed better or helped his team win. Then I went back and watched the Oregon State game, and he played as good a game as I've seen him play, especially in the conditions that they played out there. I believe it was a rain game. Uh, but one of the throws that really stuck out to me was it was across his body, which you never do, but it was like 30 yards down the field, made a great – I don't know how he's seen the receiver open on the opposite end of the field, 30 yards, made an unbelievable throw, rolling to his right, across his body, 30 yards down the field to his left, and that just showed you the arm strength and the arm talent. And the critical situations that I thought he had some issues with in the last – uh, Washington game, there were some critical situations in this Oregon State game, and he came through, in my opinion, with flying colors. So this is a big matchup. This is a matchup that I think going to be Bo Nix or, or, um, versus Michael Penix. And two of those may be the leading candidates for the Heisman. Mm. And It's the biggest stage ever. It's the last Pac-12 championship we may ever see again, uh, what we know is the Pac-12. 
it is probably a winner gets into the final four. And I'm going to say that because there are other teams. I'm sure the committee's going through it, but I don't know if the sentimental value of the Pac-12 dissolving and getting one of those teams and both of them deservingly to get in there, I think the winner out of them, if that has even a bigger influence on trying to say, yes, the last year of the Pac-12, one of them was actually in the Final Four and deserved it. So there's so much riding on this game. Potential playoffs, Heisman Trophy, Bo Nix, see if he can get a win because they lost last time to, to, to Washington. The, the nation is going to be watching this game because you got two of the hottest quarterbacks in college football right now going up against each other. So that's why I think this is a great matchup and one that I'm excited to watch tonight. So let me ask you this. Why isn't Bo Nix considered in the first round range? I don't know where it's going to end up, to be honest with you. I saw the inconsistency, some of the inaccuracies from the pocket. Um, you know, if I had to make a comparison as we're talking here off the top of my head. I was thinking about this. This is a tough one. I got one in mind, so let's see who you have. Okay. Do you want to go first? I don't want to upset you, so you go first, and I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I'm going to say Sam Hollish. Oh, that's good. I was thinking like a more athletic Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that I could see some of Baker in him, but yeah, I see that's a good comp. I like that. Some of the Sam Howe in him. Now, Sam Howe didn't go to the fourth round, I believe. Yeah, when he fourth was or fifth, yeah. But I think um, Sam Howe didn't have as good of year, senior year, whatever year he was, as he did the year before. Bo Nix is actually taking it up another notch from what he did the first year when he was out at Oregon. By the way, uh, Rick, Debo, of course, because he has everything at his fingertips, did went back and looked at our summer scouting comps for Bo Nix. I said Baker Mayfield. Uh, Yours, you're if I'd said this, you would have reached through the screen and, and slapped me. Max Duggan. Hey, he was. I agree oh, okay. With you him. feel okay with that? Okay. He's improved though. He's had a good year. He's improved his act three. Act three. Okay. <laughs> I was up at I got home at one. You, you've had a busy day. And he is much improved each game I've watched from the pocket as a pocket passer. So yeah. That's why if I if redos, because we do redo the drafts and redo everything else. <laughs> if I redo my comp, I'm seeing more Sam Howe yeah. in him now and the way Sam Howe's playing right now for the Redskins. And it or feels the, like yeah. it feels like Bo probably gets the ball out. He does. He gets the ball out on time more frequently than Sam does now and in college. I don't know if that translates immediately because once you make that transition, things get tough for you. NFL yeah. offenses are different now. They're, that's right. So I don't know what that means going forward. But right now, it feels like he's a little more comfortable in that Oregon offense than certainly um, Sam is in the Washington offense, even though it feels like they may roll with him going forward. Well, that's a conversation for later, of course. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, if you told me, and I think your point is right, because there's only going to be a – if teams stay where they are on the draft board, and that will obviously change. After you get past pick 20 or so, there's not necessarily a, a big need at quarterback. So maybe that influences whether uh, a guy like Bo Nix finds his way into the first round. And of course, he's playing against Michael Penix Jr., who we've talked a lot about. You like Penix Jr. better than Bo Nix if you had to take a quarterback right now? Uh, I think the gap is closed for me. Okay. I don't understand why Penix isn't more popular. Not just with you, but in, in general. I think because there's no question about the arm talent, the accuracy downfield. He's strong to NFL receivers, three of them, to be honest with you, if you're fair in your evaluation. Yep. But he's not the athlete that Bo Nix is, 
No, he's not. I yeah. think you think that he's a statue. I don't think he's a statue. I know he's had, you know, his knees sewn on twice backwards, and then they <laughs> turned him around and put him they back. did a great job. Yeah, they did a great job. And he can move in the pocket, and he'll make a couple plays, but he's not going to be a scramble threat. Where, and, and I'm asking you this, with the way the NFL is now, is there going to be more emphasis on a Michael Penix that's not as accurate of a thrower if he has to get outside the pocket or make any plays with his leg than there is a Bo Nix who maybe is more athletic but not the same accuracy as a pocket passer as Michael Penix. I guess those are a lot of the discussions that will be going on in the draft room right now as you try to sift through these two guys. Yeah, and that's what's so incredibly difficult because, you know, you see Justin Fields. I don't make a good point. A good point. Usually I, I look for self-esteem reassurance. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great point. <laughs> that's a great Not point. From you, from Debo. I was oh. hoping Debo would give me some reassurance, self, self-esteem self reassurance uh, talk. You're the best, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I was I re- went back and was re-watching the um, – Lions, not the Lions, excuse me, the uh, Packers-Vikings game, Bears-Vikings game, Jeez, a pizza, and just Justin Fields in particular. And you were a Justin Fields pro day probably? Oh, yeah. And you put on a show? Yeah. And the athleticism just took your breath away and so on and so forth. And that's the one thing, talking to your point about Bo Nix being more athletic on, on the perimeter and doing those things. The other issue is you got to put the kid in the right offense to have right. that success, and it just doesn't feel like it's working for a number of reasons. It's not all, all on Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus. Justin Fields holds the ball too long sometimes, but it's a bunch of things that have to come together, and that's why it's so hard to figure this out. Um, I guess ideally you want Bo Nix and Michael Penix to morph into one player, and then you'd be all set, but I don't think that's going to happen. All right, ton of guys in this game. But the, the guy I want to focus on, and we haven't talked about him, um, even though he's had a great season, is running back Bucky Irvin. We haven't talked a lot about running backs, and typically because the position has, quote-unquote, been devalued, perhaps we don't give it as much uh, focus as we should, but he, he's he been special. Now, he's listed at 5'10", 190. I don't, he doesn't look to be that big, but he's twitchy. He's an asset in the pass game. He'll run between the tackles. He'll get the edge and then outrun everyone down the field. He does offer something in the return game, although he hasn't returned any kicks this year. He's done it in, in his two previous years. And uh, he's a Minnesota transfer, so I don't know if you remember him from back in the day when you were going to those Minnesota games for fun. But where do you see a player like this? Because he feels like he might be like a third-round pick for me because of that versatility. But I don't know if because of the way the position's viewed now, you get him on day 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 three or even like an Elijah Mitchell type situation, you get him afterwards and you just roll with him and have a success. Um, I, I would ask you this, and I haven't totally dove into his evaluation yet, but there's no question about the speed and the burst and how they try to get him in the open. Um, who was the kid that, th- let me ask you this, smaller backs, there becomes more and more of a role for these guys. They're not lead dogs but they somehow carve out a role. And we've seen these smaller speed type backs. Gibbs is in a different category, but smaller in speed and explosive playmaking ability. Um, Achan is smaller, better, I mean, not in the same class, but smaller, explosive speed, playmaking ability. And is that the kid you mentioned, the East Carolina kid in Baltimore? Yep. How do you compare those two? Because his issue coming out at East Carolina 
was he never pounded it up inside. Right. He, all, all the speed guys, when you're evaluating these smaller speed backs, how many of these guys look to try to bounce it outside because they know they can outrun anybody and how many are willing to – you're not going to be able to do that every time in the NFL. So how willing are these guys to run between the tackles and not worry about as soon as the scene gets cluttered with bodies that right now they're looking to just run away from everything. So my question to you is this guy, one of those guys, and we talked about Achan last year. We felt that as a smaller back, that he's not afraid to pound it up in there. And he ran hard for a back and he wasn't looking to bounce it all side outside all the time. Mitchell was a guy that wanted to bounce it outside all the time. He right. wasn't going to put his nose up in there. Where would you put him in the category between those two? Yeah, Bucky's not afraid to to mix it up, and he's he runs hard too. Now, again, he's not two hundred twenty pounds, but he runs hard, and he's looking to hit someone when he has to. But he's so shifty and quick and juiced up and whatever else you want to call him that he can make guys miss in space, and, and then you just beat the wind down the field. So I think he gives you both of those things. So he's, I'm trying to think. Like Achan was a nice mix. Elijah Mitchell just did one thing, and that was run run wide. And I think that Bucky broke fast. Two and things. fast, yeah, really fast. Bucky Irving gives you that, but he's not the athlete that A-Chan is, but he's a he's an athlete, though. So I, I think um, knowing that, and A-Chan, A-Chan went in the second or third? Third, I think. So knowing that, does Bucky Irving go later, or do you find – and also fit certainly matters. Like, they're using A-Chan properly, and they're using Jameer Gibbs properly. <clears throat> but I, I like the idea of him going to a team – May, even like the Chiefs on some level, because Pacheco's more of a between the tackles guy now. Just he's out there just trying to run guys over, and he's um he's over two hundred pounds. But maybe Urban's a change of pace like um, McKinnon is your guy. So I don't know. Just the, the fit matters, but I think he has the capability of running between the tackles and the willingness, and he's not looking to bounce it just because there's a fat guy in his way. Okay, I agree with you. All right, so we'll see how that plays itself out during the draft process, but he'll be a, an integral part of what they do this weekend as well. All right. So those are just two names we're watching. There are a ton of dudes. I'll mention some quickly because, you know, we've talked about a lot of them. Uh, Troy Franklin, the wide receiver I like that Rick does not like as much as me. Jordan Birch, the defensive end. Brandon Dorless, the defensive tackle. All these guys are getting drafted. Uh, Braylon Trice, the edge rusher, of course, for Washington. And the, the offensive uh, – uh, Faltanu, the, the offensive lineman I need to watch. I'm going to try to watch him today after we're done here. And then, of course, those wide receivers, Adunze, Jalen Polk, I'm not sure if McClellan's playing or not, um, but he'll also be in the mix as we go through this process. All right, going to take a quick break. When we come back, Rick, we're going to go to the Big 12 and talk about some dudes who want to see that Oklahoma State-Texas matchup right after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Rick. We've talked a lot about Texas over the course of the fall with Quinn Ewers, and it's not clear what his plans are going to be professionally or college-wise, so we'll find those out. Uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, Jatavian Sanders, Adonai Mitchell. But you're going to go on the defensive side of the ball. You're going with uh, one of the biggest human beings in college football, Tavondre Sweat, the defensive tackle. I watched him earlier this fall. What did you think about him, and what do you want to see from him in this game? Yeah, this is a large human being to say (laughs) – 
to put it in uh, <laughs> polite terms. <laughs> yeah, well, understating his size. Large does not describe what this man is. So I was kind of curious to see how this guy moves athletically. And there's no question. We talk about nose tackles or defensive tackles that can anchor at the point to hold the ground, you know, versus combos, double teams, single blocks. Um, and this guy, to me, takes it to another level about when you say anchoring at the point because you can't <laughs> move this guy off the spot. The only time I have seen him get moved off the spot is if he is working laterally down the line of scrimmage and his shoulders don't stay square. What defensive line coach, a lot of them teach, is even though you're getting reach blocked or anything like that, you want to use your hands and stay as square on that blocker as possible because then you have a two-way go. So if the running back cuts inside, you can cut inside. If the running back cuts outside, you can get rid of the blocker and go outside. When a defensive lineman, when you're evaluating them, turns his shoulders as he's trying to pursue wide, mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's automatic. His pad level gets higher, and if there are some kind of combo, combo block or something, then he's given ground at the point. When this guy plays square to the line of scrimmage and puts his hands on you, you might as well be like running through a brick wall because you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> you can hit your head 150 times and you're still going to be at the same spot you started. The ball, right. wall is not moving. So uh, I think that he is going to be looked at as a two-down nose tackle. Right. thing that I was taken back from and a little bit surprised is that when he he's not going to be a nickel third down pass rusher i'm not saying that but when he does some pass rusher get some opportunities to pass rush he has a very quick twitch swim arm over move and for a big man i was a little bit taken back by how his first step quickness was off the snap now he's got a ways to go as a pass rusher he's not going to be aaron donald i'm not saying that but I do think I'm anxious to see if he continues to maybe develop a little bit more as a pass rusher. And if he ends up down at the senior bowl, that watching him in one-on-one -on -one situation. Mm. Because some of the guys that we watched last year, remember, we didn't know what they were, but it kind of answered the question. Yep. Uh, who The uh, nose tackle from uh, Wisconsin. Keanu Benton. Yeah, Benton, right? Well, I thought it was just a two-down nose tackle until I went down there and see some of the stuff he did in one-on-one -on -one pass rush at the Senior Bowl. All of a sudden, this guy may be a little better pass rusher. He's not Aaron Donald pass rusher, but he may be able to give you a little bit more pass rush than you anticipated. So I'm anxious to see this guy with this unique size, um, what he does if he is invited down to the Senior Bowl, but there's no question that he is going to be a brick wall, uh, and a linebacker's favorite friend, keeping linebackers clean the flow to the ball. Uh, and this guy is, is pretty unique. Yeah. I, I watched him earlier this fall against Baylor. And I remember I made a note marveling at how athletic he was for his size. Like he, he can actually get into passing lane and estimated 63 pounds. He was getting air and knocking passes down to the line of scrimmage. It wasn't like he just got his hand up there, but he was actually getting air and doing it. And I, everything else you described, I, I sort of mentioned that in my notes about his his lateral mobility. I, I said he's not a 
I wouldn't describe him as a sideline to sideline guy, but he's he, he moves pretty well between the tackles. Like he he'll he'll be disruptive both as a brick wall and as you know, if he keeps his shoulder square in terms of uh, standing up to and sometimes splitting those double teams. So where does a guy like this get drafted when you're talking about a two down guy? Almost certainly. Yeah, I think that the book is not done on him. That's why I think not even that he's going against the Pro Bowl center or anything against Oklahoma State. But I think if he can continue to show and what he's shown kind of throughout the season, um, I just want to see him, if he can dominate, you know, the people he's playing against uh, or up front against at Oklahoma State. But I want to see if really, I don't have a great feel yet, but does this guy actually have some pass rush ability? Right. Who's the big tackle that Debo loves that came out of Georgia two years ago, that uh, Davis? Jordan. Yeah. And that play last week where he ran to the sideline, which we talked about in the last podcast, and now it took him 20 minutes to get him up off the field because he, he was, was tired. <laughs> tired and because he had to run more than 20 yards. And <laughs> he was moving, I though. I don't think he's the athlete as as Jordan is, Davis, but he's got some that unique size and some similar athletic traits, but not at that level. Yeah. Yeah, he's a fun watch, and he he blocks out the sun for sure. All right, I'm going to go with a big guy, but on the other side of the ball for the for the Longhorns, uh, Christian Jones, the right tackle, uh, who I watched last year because I thought there might be an opportunity for him to come out, and I I didn't love him. I thought he was probably going to be a late day three guy, and then I watched him again against Alabama this year in the game that they won, and uh, he was a completely different player. He's made huge strides from last year. He looks to have long arms. I I, I do the Rick Spielman. I don't look at the the um, the measurables. Just watch him. Big frame. He moves well on his feet a lot better than last year. He was more of a lunger. It feels like he's more comfortable in his footwork. Um, I, I thought he did really well uh, against those pass rushers at Alabama and and helping them win that football game. And I think he has an opportunity. I don't know if he's accepted any invites yet. I haven't seen all-star game-wise, but I would imagine he'll be at one of them. Um, but I'm excited to see what he, what he ends up looking like uh, in those matchups should he get to that point. But I thought he made huge strides from last year to this year. Uh, I want to see what that looks like. Watch him over the weekend, but just in terms of going forward, because it's one of the situations where you can, even after the season, go to the all-star games and improve your draft stock. If you, if you do well, one-on-ones are sort of unfair for offensive linemen, but if you show there and then, and then then play well throughout the week and take the coaching and so on and so forth. So I don't know if you had a chance to watch Christian Jones at all or had any thoughts on him, but he's a guy that, that made a lot of improvement from 22 to 23. Yeah, no, I, I got to dig in on him. I haven't really had a great okay. for him yet. I watched the, uh, Alabama game, uh, cause I watched the Alabama kids. So, and, uh, he did play well that game, but I don't have enough to full evaluation on tape to really, well, that makes I, me feel good. Cause you can't push back and I'll no. mention, and I don't know if Colin Oliver, the edge rusher number 30 for Ohio, Oklahoma state's coming out or not. I'll just say he is a really fun football player to watch. And I don't want to mention, you know, where I think he gets drafted or any sort of anything like that, just because I don't know. But he is a fun football player to watch. So if he comes back, great for Oklahoma State. If he comes out, that'll be a conversation we'll have later. But um, he has flashed this season as well. And um, if he's playing, good luck to him against Texas. All right. Now let's go to the game that's going to be on Big CBS, Rick, Saturday at 4 p.m. Alabama versus Georgia. Now, the guy I have on here that I'm interested in, Lad McConkey, didn't play last week because of injuries. Kirby Smart uh, wasn't sure if Lad would be healthy or not. 
by the time when we're taping this. So we'll see how that works out. Your guy, Marius Mims, who you want to see the right tackle for Georgia, who um, might be just two or three pounds lighter than Tavondre Sweat. He's battled injuries earlier this year. He's back. Um, his most impressive tape probably came last year in the Ohio State game in the, in the playoffs that we talked about over the summer. And um, he's been inconsistent this year because of that injury. Let's start with Amiris Mims because I want to ask you, so little tape on a player, but his very first start in his college career against Oklahoma, uh, against Ohio State in a huge game, national title game, playing the way he did, and then you don't have a lot to go on afterwards, and then you have to make a decision about taking him in the top 15, let's say. How does that work in the draft room? Yeah, that's hard because you like to have as much history as you can. Um, you know, when I watch this kid, uh, he, there's another one that is unique size. I mean, he can dislodge people at the point when he puts <laughs> his hand on you in the run game. He's an extremely athletic kid. Uh, at the second level, you see him like throw guys out of the barn at the <laughs> second level when he locks on the linebackers and things like that. Um, then I was watching the Tennessee game and then he had number 77 and I didn't realize the significance of the offensive lineman wearing Jersey number 77. They're honoring, you know, um, Devin Willock, who unfortunately died in that tragedy, uh, last year. So oh, I didn't know that either. Okay. Yeah. So that's why if you watch, uh, Tennessee, that's why he has Jersey number 77 on, um, but this guy is way far away in pass protection technique. Athleticism, no question. Arm length, size. He moves like a left tackle. Mm. So it's almost like he's not nearly as polished as Tristan Wirfs is when he came out of Iowa. And he plays the right side. And you say, this is a right tackle that has left tackle athleticism. But sometimes that doesn't translate when you play him over the left side because I don't think Worfs is playing as well on the left side as he did on the right side where he was all pro numerous years. So, but this kid was very susceptible to see Debo was on top of all this stuff. Look at Debo. He is very susceptible to pass rush moves to his inside just because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Yeah. And he's not always Tressa's technique. When we talked about Broderick Jones last year, I remember we talked about his unique size and athleticism, but he needed a lot of technical work. And this guy's even farther behind than Broderick Jones was in my but, opinion. Uh, but probably a better athlete and stronger? Stronger. I don't know. I've said similar athlete, I would okay. say. Okay. Um, but he's played well down the stretch here in the games, last games, couple games that I've watched. They really haven't played anyone. So to me, as an evaluator and getting back to your original question, um, if I see him ball out at Ohio state, like he did, and they have some two decent edge rushers there and JT and Jack Sawyer. Yep. Um, this game he's going against two, maybe a top 10 pick in Dallas Turner and Dallas Turner comes off both sides. And the other kid that's kind of what I'm hearing rising up the draft boards a little bit. Um, Braswell. Braswell and uh, number 41. So if you watch 65, if you're watching this game, watch him against 15, who is Dallas Turner, and 41, who is Braswell. And Bras Braswell's had a really good year rushing the passer. Now they're you know both. What? what? 
uh, Will Anderson Jr. told uh, told me a couple weeks ago that he 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 will take Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell over anyone. Like he loves those guys and the way they work so much, and he's been impressed and texts them regularly, weekly about the things they're doing, so on and so forth. So Will Anderson Jr. is a fan as well of uh, number forty one. Okay. I didn't get a chance to participate in that. You you wanted to kind of limelight by yourself deal, but I didn't tell you till after it was over. Yeah. Hey, did you know that? Uh, I know you know Will Anderson very well and spent a lot of time with him. But hey, I interviewed him on the podcast. <laughs> so again, a, you and Debo Koo uh, going on behind my back. If people are listening or watching, the truth is that Rick was traveling and he knew full well and he was upset about missing <laughs> Will. And I told Will that you were very sad about missing him, but. Uh, the other story that I was just trying to overthrow Rick is also that works too. <laughs> so, but if he can ball out like he did against Ohio State, that's going to answer. You still know the holes coming in him, and you still know is he durable? Is he going to line up for you for 17 games in a season? Right. You know, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. But if he can put together another game, especially against these two edge rushers from Alabama. That is going to jockey him as we, you know, we already know who the top three are, in my opinion. You know, Fashanu, Fashanu from Penn State, you know, Alt from Notre Dame, you know, Latham from Alabama. And then there's a glutton of offensive tackles slash offense tackle that are all going to, it's like a glutton of quarterbacks in this draft after the top two. Yeah. It's the same thing with these offensive tackles. And so, we haven't even talked about the tackles that may move inside or Graham Barton, for example, who may move all yeah. the way to center. So we have to get to that at some point too. Yeah. So put that note, Debo, in your note. We should spend the day on the offensive linemen <laughs> talking about those guys if we want to keep our listeners informed. Um, since no one, everybody wants to hear about quarterbacks all the time. Well, the dudes, you better know the dudes that are protecting them or they're going to be on their back doing sleep number commercials yeah. for like uh, Sam Howe is right now. Or Bryce Young. Uh, yeah. Or uh, – Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito. Danny DeVito. <laughs> Danny's tough, though. You can't, Danny just gets back up and throws touchdowns. Yeah. So I, I think if your resume is not very heavy, but your two, the two top bullet points are balled out against Ohio State and balled out against Alabama, that's a pretty good conversation starter. Because those are going to be the type of edge rushers that he is going to have to play against every week. And you know, it's going to take time. You just know that right off the bat. I could tell that off the tape I've seen so far. But I know the unique size and athleticism that are there. Now, all the other things, if he does come out in the pre-draft process and, you know, the learns, the mental quickness, how quickly he sees and recognizes things in front of him, physically, you you can't make him any better in the lab. <laughs> um, the other parts, you got to get the answers to. Yeah. But, and if he can block not the Tennessee Martin kids – but if he can block the not, – nothing against Tennessee Martin. I'm sure they're great kids, but they're not probably NFL prospects. Right. But if he can block the dudes from Alabama and the guys he blocked last year at Ohio State, then he's going to be right in the mix with all those other guys on how teams are going to stack all these glutton of offensive tackles uh, after those top three. And you talk about the experience and how it – you know how you can grow as you play more, which makes sense, but people are impatient, uh, both fans and coaches and owners and GMs, and sometimes it doesn't allow for that growth to happen. But in terms of this matchup at the quarterback position, Carson Beck and Jalen Milrow, two guys who've gotten a lot better over the course of the season. Milrow perhaps 
more growth than Beck, who's played pretty well. Both guys, I think, are coming back. Hopefully they are. But those are two two more names to add to the quarterback hopper uh, for the conversation for 2025. But you can watch them certainly on Saturday. My Matt guy Morrow has made tremendous strides. Huge strides. I remember watching them. I don't know what game it was earlier in the year, maybe the Tennessee game. And I was like, you can't win like this. And I know that uh, Saban was frustrated because he had three quarterbacks play at one point. And then they came back to Milrow. And after that, I think like something clicked and they just started playing well. And he was throwing dimes all over the field. And of course he can win with his leg. He was, when you're the most athletic quarterback on the field against LSU and Jaden Daniels, that says something about your God-given gifts. So, yeah, he's nowhere near ready to come out. He needs to come back. Yeah. Put together another year. Do you, do you want to know? We can, I, I don't want to come start comparing quarterbacks in 25, but I already have a comparison. For Jalen? Uh, for Milrose. Yeah, who, Milrose. You, you want to tell us or not yet? No, not yet. Okay, all right. I'll just assume that it's Kirk Cousins. All right, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> Lad McConkey. I finally got a chance to watch him. He's it feels like he's been there forever, like Stetson Bennett and uh Hunter Renfro at Clemson. Like he's just one of those guys that's been around forever. This dude is fun. He is not only fun, like oh, he's he's a good football player, he is a great athlete. He consistently wins getting off the line of scrimmage. And it's funny because I'll watch the, the Carolina Panthers every week because we got to watch Bryce and how slow that offense feels when guys are running routes and just not getting open. Lad McConkey plays with urgency, and he gets defensive backs on their toes at the top of the routes. They get some twisted up. He's great running all sorts of routes. He has great hands. He's a yak guy. He can run the deep post. He scored a touchdown uh, on that in one of the games that I watched. He can run the comeback. He can run the over. He does everything. He lines up inside and out. I really like this guy. Like I said, uh, Kirby Smart said his health is not yet determined for this game. Certainly they would like him out there. But I like him to the point that he's a day two guy for me all day long. I don't know if you had a chance to watch Lad yet closely, but I was impressed. No, I haven't got a chance to watch him yet. So, All right, put him on the list. I think you're going to like him. He is a breath of fresh air, and he would be wide receiver one on the Carolina Panthers right now. I'll just say that. That's like the uh, China Wall, one brick at a time. <laughs> one brick at a, wall, at a time. So we get 146 more days, and we'll be uh, have the wall finally built. Yep, and you can uh, you can't see Amiris Mims from space, just like the the uh, Great Wall of China. Lad McConkey cannot. But anyway, two guys to watch. Hopefully, Lad is China Wall. It's called the Great Wall of China. <laughs> it's called the Great Wall of China. You can call it the China Wall if you're into brevity, but most people call it the Great Wall of China. Um, hopefully, Lad gets a chance to play, and then, of course, all those dudes on the other side for Alabama that we'll be talking about throughout the process. Kool Aid. You talked about Bradswell. You talked about uh, Dallas. There's Jermaine Burton on the wide receiver on offense, J.C. Latham. Um, I don't. I won't mention the other cornerback until we figure out what he's going to do. Anyone else that we need to know that's – oh, Aboji. You love Aboji, the defensive tackle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the uh, kind of nickel star guy is a little bit more of a football player uh, than athlete. Uh, but he's getting some buzz. He's probably a Saturday guy. Malachi? Malachi more. He's the one that got left hanging out to dry on the Jaden uh, Daniels to to Malik Neighbors touchdown. Yeah, a little bit late on his turn on that. <laughs> that wasn't his fault. I'll stick up for Malachi on that one. But he he was the one that had his jersey plastered all over television when they kept showing the replays. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna go to the ACC and see what old B Mac and Danny Cannell's team can do against Louisville, well, Florida State, Louisville. We'll talk about that right after this. All right, I gotta right. watch that. I haven't got to the Law Man. You don't have time on the airplane. Why don't you watch it? Huh? 
you had all that time in the airplane. Why don't you watch it? I was on the airplane last night, uh, and I I have okay. You're, again, Debo's going to throw up the guy with a 1920 computer that he was working on. So, oh boy, here we go. I have Prime Video. I pay for the service so I can watch the Thursday night games, and I can't figure out how to put it. I can put Fubu on my iPad, but I didn't put Prime Video on it, so I couldn't watch the game. But there was some guy next to me, I w- across the aisle, watching the game. And I said, "Excuse me, would you mind turning your screen?" Oh my God, you did not say that to him. I did. So the guy turned his screen, so I was able to watch the game last night on Holy the uh, Moses. Plane. Is it a computer or your iPad? Uh, I don't know. What is there a difference there? The computer same. has a keyboard. Huh? Either way, you can download the Amazon Prime app. It's just the Amazon Prime app, not the Amazon TV app. Oh, well, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Debo hit him with the Muppets, the old guys in the that's, that sit in the theater and yell and scream at people. So then I said to the guy, do you mind if I hold it the second half because my neck's getting a crank looking across the there's aisle? No, there's no way you said that. I did. Oh, yeah. I, I have no hesitation. And it was ha-ha-he-he type thing. Oh, fun. All shits and giggles on that plane last night. Oh, he just said a curse word. <laughs> Devo's got to go back and bleep that out. <laughs> You're making Devo work. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, uh, after the show, I'll I'll help you download Amazon Prime so you can. Is it going to be as difficult as getting Paramount Plus on my TV? Well, here's the thing, Rick. I I sent you the password and the username, and you chose to neither download the app. Or include the password and username. So, no, it won't work unless you do those things. Okay. I'm just going to let you know now. <laughs> there are a few steps to get there. That was a two-month process. <laughs> it really was. Uh, again, it all it all makes sense now when I met your assistant at the at the Combine. <laughs> Lovely young woman. And I bet she had a, had a lot of busy days. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And hence why my wife may keep me in the tented house when the termite poison comes in. Yeah, you and Walter White. <laughs> Just don't make any meth, Rick. Right. Debo, I'm coming on with a hazmat suit next week. <laughs> I'm doing my show from the inside of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be a quick show because you're only going to have about 15 minutes. All right, Louisville at Florida State. ACC Conference Championship game, Saturday at 8 p.m. Your guy, we've talked about him. We talked about him on, on Tuesday in the Popper Drop. Jared Verse. Um, Louisville's a surprisingly good, had a surprisingly good season. That explains why they're in the championship game. What do you need to see from Jared Verse to, I don't know, more convince you that he's a first-round talent? Or maybe no, is there any chance not, that – Nothing, any conviction of him not being a first-round Well, let me talent. ask you this. Any That's chance that – put him on the list. All right, well, let me ask a question, and you can yell at me. What any chance that he he challenges Dallas Turner for your edge one? That's why I put him on the list. There we go. I got there. So, All right, go ahead. Yeah, it boy, as a host, you, you take a while to come around before we get to. All the, right, let's hope they're pumping that uh that hazardous gas in there right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll teach you the interview process as we go through this. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So he, he we didn't really talk about him a lot during beginning of the year and people were saying he was not as good as he was last year. Then I turned on the Miami game and that dude took over that game. (laughs) I mean, it was uh, a classic one player just dominating another team from the edge, inside moves, outside moves, power moves. Uh, 
energy, effort, everything that you're looking for. I was like, whoa, is this guy maybe closing up on, mm. on Dallas Turner? Hmm, very interesting. Uh, There's a good problem to have for your team at the top. Yeah. Uh, or is there something that I'm missing here? And then I turn on the Florida game. And the way he's played against Miami and the way he played against Florida, it was different. Something clicked in him. Not that he wasn't good before, but he went into another gear for whatever reason. So the reason I put him on this list is because I want to see if it even goes up more, if he can continue mm. to go like he did in Miami, to continue to go like he did in Florida when two dominant performances especially as a pass rusher, in my opinion, is he closing the gap on Dallas Turner by the way he's ending the season out, and especially if he goes out with a bang in this ACC championship game? All right, let's assume full health. Does that make sense or not? What would you say? Doesn't that make sense? Why a ton would of sense. Ton yeah, of you, sense. You, you were actually degrading me that I would put a guy on uh, like him on this list. I don't think I was degrading you. You're. I felt degraded. Oh, Debo, okay. should I feel degraded or no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but remember, and it's easy to forget because it's it's been over a year now. But his very first game against LSU last year, after That's transfer put him on the map. Oh my gosh, he went off. They had no answers for him. Then he had the knee injury, and then he was never right. quite the same. That's probably why he came back or had something to do with it. And then it's good to see that he's. Not refining himself, but making playing like that guy we saw in LSU. Right. The dogs are mad at you because you degraded me. I know. I know. I get it. I think I, I speak dog language. I think they're, they're asking for someone to come save them. So I will be there shortly. <laughs> <laughs> no. What you saw in that LSU game the first time that just popped out, mm. now you're seeing it down the stretch here. Absolutely. Let, okay. Let, let's assume full health. Everyone's hundred percent healthy and can play for the next 15 years. And you got to pick someone right now with pick number five, whoever has pick number five, they desperately need an edge rusher. Let's say it's the bears and you have Dallas, you have Jared first and you have Leatu Latu, who's had a fantastic season as well. How are you ranking those on your board? I'll let you know in 104. I don't know yet because mm -hmm. I had, you know, I thought it was Dallas all the way. Yeah. Okay, but now I'm seeing verse push. And what if Dallas, what if Mims keeps Dallas at bay and Dallas Turner, you know, because I remember some of us on this <laughs> CBS sports draft analyst thought that Will Anderson was too stiff and wasn't going to be a good player in the league. Oh, good. This isn't about me. Okay, I yeah. agree. I thought you were going to say something about me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. I'm just saying, what if verse does it change your opinion? Now you got to take the whole big picture, but I'm asking you, if verse ends up having three and a half sacks, and you're mm -hmm. like other analysts at CBS that say, well, Darnell Wright in the Tennessee game just shut out Will Anderson. He's not going to be able to rush passer in the NFL ever, uh, ever. Uh, maybe the worst third overall pick in NFL history. <laughs> <laughs> Would you? Flip them, knowing what you know right now. No, I that's think right. Is behind them, okay. Right now, because of the medical, until that medical is cleared. Yeah, and that's something else to keep in mind. But I think if medicals aside, I think these three are probably pretty close. And 
I'm trying to think. I don't remember the last time we've had three guys sort of this close. Uh, one other thing I want to ask you before we get to my guy, Jermaine Johnson, who you've known since high school, who was the first-round pick of, of the Jets, who transferred from Georgia to Florida State, had a great season. We talked to him at the Combine, um, and he – I've told you this before. He has an edge to him, and he – I, I asked him about playing in Florida State in this good season, and I don't know if he took the question wrong like you often do when I ask you a question or if he just wanted like, to get this out there. Great. Dude, not just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just you, apparently. But he made it clear that he felt like people underappreciated how good the ACC was, and he had something to prove to people through the pre-draft process that he can play against dudes as well, which is the case in SEC in Georgia. Is that a concern at all, that Jared Verse isn't facing the same type of guys that, that Dallas Turner is? No, not really. Okay. Uh, I, 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 You know, because it didn't affect – and. Between him and Johnson, I'm taking verse over Johnson, even though I love Johnson as a kid because he's, like I said, was in my house a few times in high school, and we had some life skill chats then um, with all the rest of my kids that were yeah. in the house at the time. But um, I would take verse right now over him because I think verse is a little smoother. Johnson, Jermaine played hard as heck. Mm-hmm. And- I just think he this verse is a little more polished right now than Jermaine was coming out. Jermaine's starting to come along. He didn't have a great impact his rookie year, but I think he's getting better and better. Uh, yeah, as a he's made some plays this year for sure. Yeah, All right, did. my dude. I'm also going to stay on the Florida State side of the ball. I'm going with wide receiver Johnny Wilson. Um, okay. Low hanging fruit, but go ahead. Well, he needs to play better. I don't know if it's low. Keon Car Keon Carpenter. Keon Keon Coleman. I don't know why oh. I want to kill. I want to call him Keon Carpenter. from Michigan State, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Keon Coleman, Michigan State transfer, is an easy one because he's played so well. Johnny Wilson is uh, the Arizona State transfer, has not played with that same consistency. He struggled with drops. Uh, he is long as the day is long. Um, he's a long strider. I just don't think he's reached his full potential, and I would like to see him with only perhaps two games left in his college career start to put some of that stuff together because if you're a receiver who can't catch, that's a problem. Uh, Jaheim Bell's also in the conversation, the tight end who transferred uh, that we, we like coming into the, to the season. Uh, he's been, been up or down. Uh, but in terms of Johnny Wilson, it's pretty simple. I just want to see him play more consistently and, and perhaps play a little tougher at the catch point because to be as big as he is, he should be winning more often. Any comparison between him and A.T. Perry when he came out of Wake Forest? A.T. was more consistent. Like, I didn't think – I think A.T. ran sub 4-5, but I didn't think he played that fast. But he's consistent. And it felt like he would – you throw him the ball back shoulder, he's going to catch it every time. He's going to beat the cornerback down to make sure he makes that play. I don't get that sense from Johnny Wilson. And he didn't drop the ball as much as, as Johnny did. I think Johnny's probably a better athlete. But it's just frust- – he's frustrating to watch because you know that he's not living up to the potential that he has physically. Yeah, and that's like that's what I wanted to ask. And I've watched some tape on him just because they're similar body types, long, um, you know, athletic. But um, you would say AT was more consistent catching the ball than Wilson is coming out at this point. I would draft AT Perry over Johnny Wilson without question right now. Okay. How do you feel about that? Uh, it doesn't matter. You're the GM. You remember I was a scout sitting in the back in the corner of the room. You <laughs> yeah, talking call. to the owner, trying to get me fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's with the owner sitting next to me. You believe what this guy's getting about ready to do? 
<laughs> All right. So those You'll are be on uh, a podcast before you know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no joke there. All right. One last game here. Big Ten. It's actually a funny joke, but uh, that's fine. I liked it. I laughed. Debo, wasn't that funny? He is in his feelings today, Debo. Four out of ten. <laughs> he steals a guy's iPad to watch the game, and suddenly he's a comedian. All right, Big Ten championship game, uh, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, Iowa versus Michigan. So Cooper DeGene is your guy. He's not going to be playing because of a foot injury. You said, I think he's under the pod or maybe off the pod, but either way, you said the foot injury isn't a long-term concern if you're evaluating him. Is that correct? Yeah, damn, I forgot that he wasn't playing. So I shouldn't have probably, even though it wasn't clear in the instructions, I probably shouldn't have put him in. Thank you for taking some responsibility. These yeah. are matchups in the actual conference championship game. So I thought it was it didn't need to be written in, in, in black ink, but apparently it did. Emo should have put in the instructions guys that are actually playing. Well, Ladd McConkey is is iffy as well, but I, I want to get an opportunity to watch him. And Cooper DeGene, I went back and watched a few of his games because I hadn't hadn't had that opportunity. Went back and watched the Minnesota Fair Catch. What a terrible call! I know it's by the book. You guys gave me a hard time because I didn't see it and, and the, when it happened. What a terrible call! Terrible. You agree with that? Well, it's the rule. It doesn't make sense. He's trying to wave the the his player from running into the ball. I know, but how does the official know he's trying to wave the player away from the ball? I get it, but it's it, it's a terrible. It's a here, it, let me put it this way: it takes nothing away from the return. Fantastic return. He can still do that. He just has to keep his hands by his side until the last minute. I think it's a lesson there. In terms of cornerback, and let's start here. There's people, um, social media wise, on the internet talking about him moving to safety. Why would he move to safety? I. This is what I would say now that um, I, I actually I did make a mistake because because the directions weren't clear from Debo. But Debo will be punished. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't know. Like, don't pick an Iowa player from 2009. I should have clarified <laughs> that. You originally picked Noah Fant. <laughs> Sorry, don't pick Adrian Claiborne. <laughs> he hit you with Adrian Claiborne, Rick. Oh my God, I, I was doing Riley Reef. I went back and watched. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry, he's not playing. He's retired. He, he's actually retired from football. Okay. All Thanks. right. What did you? What did? What? Uh... The one thing I'll say, and I'm going to switch my guy. That's fine. That's what fine. I want to watch in in this this game now. But first, can I say how I don't want to say unfair it is, but how could you can have? You can say it. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, all in one division against the, and you would have to agree with me that the Big Ten West is nowhere near. <laughs> A level of play as the Big Ten East. That's so how even Debo would admit that. Yeah, West is, but that's changing going into next year. There's not going to be an East and West with Washington, with Oregon, with uh, USC, UCLA all coming in. It's going to be a, a, a no holds bar cage match. Yeah. And the best two will play in the championship game. So, um, that'll be different going into next year, but wouldn't you have been more excited to see a rematch of Ohio state, Michigan, than Michigan versus, and no disrespect, but to uh, an Iowa team. Iowa's got- offense. We look, we watched Caden McNamara before he got hurt this year and that was not fun. And I'm sorry that Kay got hurt and hopefully he gets full, fully healthy and has, goes on to have a great career. But yeah, but that was not a fun watch. The defense is a different story. So yeah, I, I agree with that. That would that would be a nice matchup. I'm sure Ryan Day and Ohio State would like that as well. Yeah. So 
but that's beside that point. So I'm going to switch over to Roman. Wilson. Answer my question. Why, why are we even talking about him as a safety? He's a cornerback. Cooper. I do. But then I, if you watch the Minnesota game as a corner and I went back and cause I wanted to watch from that game. I wanted to watch, uh, some of the stuff he did at corner. Um, he wasn't as fluid in coverage and even in the Northwestern game, I thought those, and they played that game in actually, uh, the Chicago Cubs stadium. Oh, nice. Wrigley Field. Chicago. Yeah. I went to one of those games once it was, uh, when I went to, went to watch Northwestern and, uh, George Karlofkis. Oh, okay. Purdue. Nice. Purdue. Yeah. When yeah. he came out kind of unique atmosphere to go to a baseball stadium and the historic Wrigley field to watch a college football game. Just tip was it. the uh, press box or the uh, suite? Was it set up so you could actually see the football game? Like I you, stayed on the sideline. I couldn't see it. So I went down and watched the oh, game. Look at the you. Sideline. Look at so, you. Um, right. Who's your new guy? My new guy is Roman Wilson. And we talked about him. He was a five-star that we did, I believe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, he's a Saturday draft pick all the way. But Wait, all the way? Yeah, he's not okay. a Friday guy. Okay. I want to make sure that there's no opportunity for wiggle room. Look at Debo. He had that ready to go. He fired up the Roman Wilson photograph. If you're listening, he's got it up on YouTube's. Well, well at least I know Debo listens to the show. Or he <laughs> listens to the show as we make some twists and turns during this podcast. But All right, so what do you need to see from Roman Wilson? Because he hasn't got a ton of opportunities. No, and I just want to see him, and I understand Michigan runs the ball, and we can talk about the two running backs at Michigan, uh, the guard is it um, uh, Zenter? Zenter had the surgery after last week's injury. Yeah, the, the center to me, uh, the kid that transferred in, uh, number sixty, uh, is more of a Saturday guy to me. But some teams have mentioned him. Okay, uh, but Roman uh, continues to show up and make plays. You know, he's not the he's has speed. He's an athletic kid. He is not a polished route runner, but he makes some incredible catches. I've talked when we talked about him on the five star, the one incredible catch. You need to go watch that. Uh, I went over the DB in the back of the end zone versus Nebraska and came down with that catch. It's one of those catches where you catch the ball on the DB's back mm. to mm. hold on to it. Yeah. Uh, and then whether it was, and depending on who you talk to, yep. interception or completion on that uh, touchdown in the Ohio State game. He just seems to come up and make some big plays for him when they need to. So I want to see if he can potentially continue to rise up the boards because every game you watch, there's something that he does that you say, wow, I can't believe he just did that. And okay. he is far from polished product, but I think he is continuing to flash every game you play. I want to see if that flash continues in this game. So I would have loved to watch that matchup between him and the guy Cooper. Cooper that is uh not playing apparently is, but it wasn't in the notes and in the whole <laughs> is cooper DeGene in your mind a first round pick because i like him in the first round yes yeah oh, okay but i could also see why people can see him as a safety too yeah. he's so, big he's physical i thought he he moved pretty well um i just don't know if he moves well enough to play corner at the next level okay that's where i'm a little because I did earlier, the early tape I watched, I said there's no question this guy is a corner. Uh, there's no question he's a good football player. Then I soured a little bit in the Minnesota game and in the Northwestern game. 
And by the way, this is an important thing to note. I mean, you know this certainly better than I do, but that's why you have area scouts to find out if he has a lingering, lingering injury or something's going on, and that's why he didn't play up to, to par in those games that you're talking about. And um, Rick is our area scout, so I'll wait for his report to figure out if there's anything going on <laughs> with Cooper and Gene. Other than yeah, the guy in that corner waiting to get uh, called upon <laughs> in Ryan Wilson's uh, meetings. Uh, get away from the Rick, owner, please. Chad Greenway not playing tonight either. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's breaking news. All right. Going to do an emergency podcast on that one. All right, my guy. Now you're back on your game. Debo's back. He had his cup of coffee. My guy, and I I love this guy. Uh, They're they're, um, nickelback. He also plays outside. Mike Sandra still, former wide receiver. He has five career touchdowns over his first three years there. He's older. I think he's 23 now. Um, had five touchdowns for Michigan in his first three seasons there. I think 37 catches. Four if you're watching on YouTube. He has four if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, so he has ball skills. Uh, that interception against Rutgers is one of the, the best interceptions you'll see in college football this season. He he uh, cut in front of a quick screen to the wide receiver and then took it 71 yards to the house. Uh, he's undersized for what you would typically like. Like He ain't Brian Branch built. But he throws his body, his bag of bones around, as Rick likes to say, like he's Brian Branch. And I give him credit for that. Uh, he's fluid in his movements in terms of coverage on these short and intermediate routes out of the slot against these slot receivers. And he does a lot of things well. Uh, I actually was really impressed. I didn't know what to think going in. I think he's a day two guy. But we'll see as we get through this process. That's just my initial impressions. I don't know if you have a chance to watch uh, Mikey Sander still, as uh, Gus Johnson likes to call him on the broadcast. No, I haven't seen him yet, but I'll correct you. Uh, okay, I look forward to that correction. But uh, yeah, fun. So these were guys that, other than, I don't want to call out Johnny Wilson, but Johnny Wilson needs to step up. The other guys we had on this list, for the most part, we were all high on and just wanted to see them improve on their already good seasons. So, what do you think, Debo? Should we push? Should we wait on the uh, unveiling of the mock draft? Or do you want to do it real quick? Is your call? Let's hit it quick. All right, let's hit it quick. So here it is, Rick. Here is. If you're listening on um, on the audio, the audio version, I won't read through all these names. Just check out – you can check it out on CBSports.com. I did the redraft. Rick and I did 14 picks last week on the pod. I went back for the website to do all 31. So, Rick, we'll go through them quickly. Um, maybe I will end up reading them out uh, as we go through it. Just get your opinion. CJ to Carolina, you're fine with that. Jalen Carter's what I had going to Houston, and then Anthony Richardson to Houston. Bryce Young to, any, uh, to the Colts at four. Devin Witherspoon, I took your advice. I had them staying with Devin Witherspoon, the, the Seahawks at five. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel there. Will Anderson to the Cardinals at six. My guy, Will Levis, to the Raiders at seven. Come on. They need, they need a quarterback. Oh, come I, on. I took your advice. Bijan stays in Atlanta. Uh, Debo's Eagles gets Christian Gonzalez. Uh, we're assuming all these guys are healthy. Uh, I took your advice again. Dewan Jones to the Bears. I like that. He, he has played better than – you convinced me he has played better than Darnell, although I think Darnell Wright's done done some pretty good things. Uh, what do you think about the Titans taking Paris Johnson Jr. over Peter Skaronsky at 11? No. They need offensive tackle help in the worst way. Why are you shaking your head? No. No is why you're shaking your head? <laughs> Who are you taking here? You staying with Peter? Mm-hmm. Yes. You need tackles. I'm taking Peter. Okay. All right. Peter's going to be a pro bowler. Stick with Debo's Andre Dillard if you want to. At your own peril, he will be a pro bowler. He's good. Uh, I think you did. You had Tuli Tuli Pelotu going uh, early, but I had him going to the Lions at twelve. What do you think about that? That's fine. They need another pass rusher. Oh, good. Stuck with Gibbs. 
What about Joey Porter Jr. at 13 to the Green Bay Packers? Uh, I can see that. Yes. Look at that. I took your advice. I, I loved your branch, but I don't know why I put all this energy and effort into this oh, redraft. Here and, and all Debo does is put up what you think. These, this is what was on the website. I wrote this story for the website, Rick. It's not just me doodling in my spare time. Uh, I, I did take your advice. You uh, did not take it, my advice. How could you take Porter over Branch? No, I, for the Steelers. I wanted Brian Branch to go to the Steelers. That's what you had. So I, I, That's why I took your advice there. Uh, that's why. And Joey Porter to the Steelers, I already took him, so I was just trying to mix it up there. All right. And then uh, knowing that, the Jets have to take Broderick Jones, right? Yep. All right. Then your guy, Byron Young, to the commander, since they don't have any edge rushers. You okay with that, or would you rather yeah. go in another direction? Another direction. What would you do? And I love I love him. Well, they need edge rushers. They need corners, too. Well, so, they took one in Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah, I know. What I would take Deontay Banks, now we know what we yeah, know for Emmanuel that's, Forbes. That's a good one. I'm going a little bit later, but that's a, that's a good call. All right, fair enough. Uh, Darnell Wright to the Patriots. Uh, are you going to disagree that they need tackles as well? No, you got to take a tackle. Okay. And then I did still have your guy, Jameer Gibbs, going to the Lions, but this time at 18. Uh, and then Skaronsky to Tampa Bay at 19. What do you think about that? Well, yeah. yeah. If I was going to take him in a way up there, yeah, of course I'm going to agree with that. Well, if you didn't think the Buccaneers necessarily needed that and they needed something else. Uh, no. All right. I got to get my guy back on here. What about Tank Dell to Seattle at 20? Yeah, uh, that would have been a tough call between him and Jackson Smith and Digba. He's, He's played better. Yeah. He had almost made a great catch in the end zone last night right before yeah. the half, yeah. I think it was. It was hard for me to look through two people's heads. And- <laughs> he got – that was a terrible call. Like, I understand that the Cooper DeGene punt thing was the rules. That that was a terrible call. Yeah. And that should have been a touchdown for Jackson Smith and Jake. Well, that was a good game for him. All right, your guy Deontay Banks comes off the board of the Chargers at 21. No problem there. Okay, good. Zay and Jordan Addison stay in Baltimore and Minnesota. Yeah. Then here it is at pick 24, Puka Spielman goes to the Giants. <laughs> that That's that's fine. Oh, uh, oh okay. But um, I don't know if they have a quarterback to get him the ball. Yeah. But, At this point, but who, which quarterback are you taking now? You take Hendon Hooker, but he can't play until. He can't you know, play. Yeah. yeah. I'm not taking any of the other ones yet. So Puka it is. Maybe Puka can play quarterback. And then Buffalo stays with Dalton Kincaid. I almost thought about Sam Laporta here, but they have similar numbers. Um, Dalton's played a a fewer snaps, but um, production-wise, and he knows the offense, yada, yada, yada. 26, I had the Cowboys taking Anton Harrison at right tackle. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, Terrence Steele has struggled at times, so that's why I took him there. Jacksonville takes Osiris Torrance. They need help on the interior. B.J. Ojolari to Cincinnati over Miles Murphy. B.J.'s had a good season. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm okay with that. What about Sam Laporta to the Saints? Because that I offense with Breeze, Breezy. Really, that yeah. offense stinks. Well, so does their defense without the defensive tackle. Yeah, I had Breeze. I, mean, I should the... say that because yeah. they're pretty good on defense, but I would uh, that would have been a tough call. But okay. I would probably stuck with the defensive lineman. So I had Brian Breeze going with the very next picks to Debo's Eagles because they didn't get Jalen Carter which is uh, not a bad consolation prize. And then what do you think about Devon Achan to the Chiefs? Even though they probably didn't think they need, but can you imagine him in that offense? He can catch the ball at least, number one, and then a change of pace out of the back with uh, Pacheco. Yep. 
they've been very excited to have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, there it is, Debo. He didn't hate it. What, what would you grade that? You can use pluses or minuses if you'd like. I, I, I don't use pluses or minuses no. because when Debo laid the rules out, when we first started doing A's, B's, and C's, it said A's, B's, and C's. It didn't say pluses and minuses. So I'm not. All right, well, I refuse grade? going forward to ever use pluses and minuses. It's a principal thing with me now. What's the grade? B. Oh, I'll take that. That's a positive. All right. All right. I think that's it. I think we're we're done here. Um, episode 102 in the books, Rick. You can go take a nap now, catch up on your sleep. And uh, we'll be back next week. I think we'll probably tape maybe one day later, but we'll sort that out. Anyway, thanks to all you guys who watch, listen, and comment. As always, thanks to my guy, Rick, for getting up early to do the show. <laughs> thanks to Devo for producing. Um, Enjoy the conference championship weekend in the NFL week 13, and we'll see you guys next week.